How weird to say that, that's like, I don't like that. Like everybody thinks that guys like get around each other and they talk like that, you know, like that's one thing after being in the portable restroom business for that many years that I don't ever want to ever think about, hear about it, smell about it, nothing. It still like gives me, and back then I could eat a ham sandwich and pump a toilet out of the freaking music festival. Didn't bother me at all, but now I'm weirded out by it. Diapers, anything that has to do with defecation. I'm like, uh, so when people mention it, like do you guys, does it not bother you when you're around a bunch of guys and like they're outlandish about it and the, the just blowing things up and creating a, a massive disruption in, in the, in the Airbnb. Yeah. It grosses me out. It is gross. See, isn't it gross? Does yeah. it gross you out? No, not at all. Nah. Like you have that attitude so, of like, well, everybody does it kind of deal. So are you into scatting? Are you into scats like that? No. What is that? You know, know that, that, that fetish where... Okay, that's <laughs> enough. I don't even hear Dude, you either read way too much, you're well-read, or you literally are the weirdest human being. After what you just told us about, it's always in Arizona, too, that I find stuff out about John Kerry that's way, way off my radar. But I called it this morning when he was running around here I'm naked. well-read, man. When you were running around here naked doing the helicopter, I said, I know exactly what you just got done doing. And sure enough, an hour and a half later, we find out about it. If you guys want to look up the word, it's jelking. Is it, J-E- <laughs> is it J-E-L-K? Yes. It's a, it's a, uh, is it come from the Middle East? Or is it Asian or what? The, the, the root word? No, just like the root word, word it, is Arabic. Arabic. And did it start over there, though? I don't know. I don't know where it started. We're not going to get into what it is, but that is what John has enlightened us with on how well he's endowed comes from the art of jelking. So, <laughs> I was so, born with it. I just maintain. I wish we had a sponsor for this. Like you say, you put aloe vera on it when you're done. So we need an aloe vera sponsor. What your magnum? How much aloe vera would you have to actually magnum. go through? Probably a two and a half gallons a week with that thing. That's a lot of coverage. <laughs> Buy it by the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> It is funny, though, that talking about using the restroom grosses you out, but a fully adult man walking around three-quarter chubbed up around this I wasn't here. bother you I was all. on a phone call. I didn't see it. and I, I didn't see it either. I wouldn't I mind it. it. I'm, not, I'm not home. Like, I'm not a, I have a phobia about that. But it is that I would – I think that's more suitable to me. This is going to sound weird. But that's baseball. That's athletics, wrestling – you, you're, you're I'm, in the I'm, I'm used to, I've yeah, been used to that my whole athletic career. Um, but being in a locker room and walking by and there was a stall open and if somebody was on there just doing, you know what, it, I'd be like, uh, and yeah. it grosses me out. Still does. Like I don't like when I walk into an airport and you know, the urinals are over here, but there's a line six deep waiting on those stall uh, doors to open and go in there. I'm like, the shot shows the worst. Dude. Never would I even consider doing that. Or if, like, you, you're, if you're in the bathroom and some guy just starts blowing it up and oh, you can yeah. tell he's having problems in there and you're just, it grosses me out. I'm like, I gotta go. Cabela's Cabela in the morning. There'll be about eight dudes lined up outside of that bathroom too. Really? I would never wait in line to go to the bathroom. But yeah, when you get in a stall next to somebody and you hear that stuff. What do you mean you uh, never would? If your body said you're going now, what, what would you do? Hold it. Yeah, I agree. I hold it. I, had to, I had to piss person. yesterday for exactly when we left. I should have pissed at the baseball stadium. 
and I was telling Clay, pull over, I need to. And at 11.9 miles on that freeway, we had 11.9 miles to go in like 16 minutes. I was done right then, and I held it. Remember how mad I got when yeah. you couldn't get the door code in? I didn't want to pee my pants. Okay, so like, and that's not healthy to hold hold pee in like that. No, it's not. So, so speaking of that, my that's one of the funniest videos we have on the on our ring doorbell. My son was coming home from school one day, and he you know he has to walk, and so he gets to the door, and you can see him on the door the ring doorbell, and he's trying to get the lockbox open to get in the house, and he's like doing the potty dance, and he can't get the he can't get the lockbox open. So next thing you see him standing off the edge of the porch just peeing. Yep. And uh, when uh, mom got home, she's like saw the video, and she's like. Hey, Dom, did you pee off the porch today? He's like, oh, my, I tried, Mom. I tried to get in the house. Got to do what a you got to do. Which is a funny video. <laughs> yeah, I think that, I don't know, the whole the whole mindset that guys are cool with that, I don't I, I don't know. That's I've never been. Yeah. I, I don't like that whole. There might be a time and a place every once in a while, but when it gets over the top, well, it's, someone, it's a little much. There was, I, I, there was a guy that I used to work with, and he was like, Part of this, the, he would go to this website where people would post pictures. Oh, okay, that's of their, see, that, that's it's just, just the weirdest thing. Like in, in the toilet, and they would like, you know, like I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to know anything. Yeah, and he would talk about it. I'm like, dude, bro, you're no way, dude. Like I that's, love when George Brett says the double tapered. You know, like after the after the the crab leg story and I shit my pants story. Like that's a funny story, and that doesn't gross me out. Because that's funny and comedy. I'm talking about like being by it yeah, and yeah. being around like a house full of dudes and you're just like, oh, that's... But, but if you wouldn't have seen that video, would it have been funny if he was just telling you that story? Because it's the same, right? I mean... No, I don't think it's the same. I think that you could tell a story in that matter of... Because that's, that's normal. Like that's happened to all of us to where... I mean, I know one of my fighter buddies just was telling me about it at the UFC fights in Vegas two weeks ago. It just happened to him. Well, I, I think there's a big difference between saying, oh, yeah, I had I ate some bad food to shit my pants or had, a, you know, whatever you're kind of talking about. Then walking by and here, yeah. yeah or, or, you know, like, actually, yeah. Everybody does it. Why I get are, that. Why are we talking about Everybody this? does it, but, I, I mean, guys do. Girls don't. And that's what's cool about life is that they don't do it. And I think that that needs to be known, that we understand that and how they can control their intake of food and not ever have to do that has always been a, like, a, <laughs> like a science deal to me. Like, how did they, how did God make them to where they don't need to do that? But it's just awesome that they don't. And I, I think that, that it's cool to know that they don't have to go through that or be around a bathroom and sitting on it and having those sounds come out of their body. Like, they're always talking about how, you know, bad childbirth is which it is but there's something to be said that a woman doesn't have to go through the defecation part of life like a man does so i think that that's i think that that's really good you know what i mean crosby it's like <laughs> yeah i don't either don't. yeah right mine just it just reconsumes itself it does. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, so a like, well a, like a like a deaf fluid system on yeah, a exactly. diesel truck. Just, I exactly. gave a speech in college. In public speaking, my last speech, you know, they judge you on an actual speech, and you have to go before when you're in like business school, and then you take the communication parts and the public speaking parts and all that. Well, one of the main projects was a speech, and I still have it on tape. It's actually on a VHS tape. Is that aging me a little bit? No, your face is aging you a little bit. No, my face is gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, I am. I'm aging unreal. I look amazing, um, especially in these glasses. But my speech was on 
um, the three the three feelings of substance leaving the body. And I'm trying to remember what they were, but obviously one was that, one was orgasm, and one, the first one was throwing up, like if you're hungover or you're drunk. So like my whole speech, and I had the crowd in stitches because of the examples I was saying, and then I got to defecation, which was my last one. And I'm like, you know, on those Sundays when you're looking, when I just went into this whole deal about how, you know, that's part of a guy's life. And I've told the girls now, I go, I understand that you girls don't have to, that you don't do this. I say it in the speech way back 20 years ago, dude. <laughs> the same thing, like, and they're looking at me like, yeah, we do. And I'm like, I understand you guys think you just, I know that you don't go through this. And I think it's, it's, it's so much easier to go through life without ever having to do that. But the whole speech was geared around fluids, leaving the body and the relief and the exasperation and the feeling that it gives you, you throw up. Why did you do this speech? Because it, I wanted to be different. I didn't want to go up there and say, well, you know how to put a diesel motor together. I wanted to have, I wanted to have some comic relief in it. I wanted to be like a Shakespearean play to where <laughs> yeah, you start out with, with content and then you have your rising action. Then you have your climax of the whole place. Build laughing, some tension, get their yeah. attention laughing. Then you have your falling action and your heroes are exposed. And then you have your conclusion. And that's how I wanted to market. I wanted to be that kind of Shakespearean dialogue and the place was in stitches freaking laughing i got all a's on it across the board and it's it was good because i really feel like that's a great part of life but i don't like the fact when people like are crude about are crude about it like and 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 they and i don't know like if girls did it that i don't think they'd sit around and talk about if they did it like i know they don't do it but like if they did it I don't think they'd sit around and talk about it. Do you think they would? Do you think girls would ever be like, dude, last night I had bad crab? Or did you guys know that corn is one of the eighth wonders of the world and stuff? <laughs> like, do you think girls would if they, if they actually defecated? Do you think that they would talk about it? I, but I could, some of them I could, do. I, I think I could tell you the two of the worst experiences in my life. One, we, we got this rescue dog, and he's a big, like, Great Dane slash, like, he was, like, Dalmatian slash Great Dane's big dog. And... And uh, whatever food they were giving him at the pound, it was a rescue. And it wasn't good. And I woke up in the middle of the night because, you know, I kind of, the dog was like fidgeting around. And I got out of bed and I stepped in the biggest pile of (laughs) dog shit on my bare feet, warm on my bare feet. And that was... Uh, dude, I almost threw up. I almost threw oh, up. That's it the was worst. It's in between it, your toes. Oh my god, it was oh, so yeah. disgusting. Like that, it was a really bad experience. And then, when I was a young kid, we were at the river, and um, my stepdad thought it was funny that he he watched the dog go to the river. And I'm just playing in the river. I'm a little kid. I'm like seven, eight years old or something. I'm playing in the river, and this dog takes a shit in the river, and it's floating down the river. And my stepdad thinks it's funny, and he's like, he's like, hey, grab that little log that's floating in the the yeah. water real quick. And I didn't, I didn't know I'm a little kid. I, I thought he was being serious. And I was floating down the river. And he's like, hey, grab that. Pull that out of the water. And so I grabbed it. And, and when I realized what it was, like. You jelked it and squeezed it hard. <laughs> <laughs> when I realized what it was, I was so, to this day, I fucking hated my stepdad over Ugh, that. I was so mad at him. I, to, to this day, I'm still mad at him over that. I'm is like, it, does, it ever, that. does it ever blow your mind that how much that's done in this world. Like think about how precise, and I know there's places like San Francisco where they do it right in the middle of the street. And I know there's places that you drive through. Like if you go by a wastewater treatment facility in Reno, you'll smell it if the wind's right. Right. But think about how dead on construction and engineering and design have had to be 
just think of all the people in California. There's 30, there's 40 million people in California. Think about all the people in New York City in those little boroughs where everything is just up and there's like, it's not spread out very high. Think about all of the sewer that happens in just our country a day and how you never see it or smell it or hear about it. Have you ever thought about how extreme that is? Well, that's why they have, they, I mean, they have dedicated engineers to that that, that spend their but it truly career is, it's an dealing amazing with thing. how to it deal with it. It is very impressive. It's, a, it's impressive it. that you don't ever, very, very rarely, just the RVs and the RV dumps and stuff. I remember when we were doing Burning Man and I had to go around and pump off RVs, gray water and black water tanks. And that would get a little drip on my hand and I would be like, Ugh. but I just knew that because it, it's money. It's something that people can never stop doing. So if you want some business advice, you guys should get into that because that's a great business. No, no that's a great business. The sewage business. It's a huge business. It's regulated. And if you have great customer service and sales, it goes along with every single job and special event there is. And is this area in, not this area, but where we live and where you guys do business in South Nevada, it's a big business. Now there is competition, but you can set yourself apart with communication and, and eagerness to perform and serve and be a better shit pumper. No, I'm, I'm you remember cousin Eddie shitters I'm, full. That's how you want to be. You want to be freaking passionate. I'm about good it. off the, off the sewage business. I don't know about that. I, I love, can't be around. I love it, man. the portable that toilet business. Just, it's terrible. It is I mean, big, you guys know about money, the sh- you, He'll tell you about the shit bath I took at Burning Man. Oh, oh, covered I, my I've entire. I've heard that story. It makes me. Oh, I, dude, I dude, could trump any. Grosses me fe- out. I could trump any fecal story that anybody could ever tell. Like you pretty, stepping in and stuff. That literally the, made. I cried like a baby on a flatbed truck, buck naked with a pair of Danner boots on underneath a water truck filler. You know, the thing. Yeah. Fill- just trying to wash it off of you. My mouth, it was in my mouth. Oh, eyes. God. I, I had a situation when I was young. We were playing baseball, and uh, I went sliding in face first and came up with a whole bunch of shit all over my face. It was pretty bad. Like out in the outfield? Like the dog uh, pooped yeah, in the, the park, Yeah, and it was deep grass, so you couldn't see it. I mean, it was bad. I went running home. It, it, same thing. It was on my lip. It was so bad. <laughs> so my, buddy, it, uh, my buddy Scott's a plumber, and they were doing some junction box, and he said they had to time you know they would fill up and then it would you know it would drain down it's the sewage like where the sewers come together he said so he's in there it's a lift station yeah and he's wearing waders and he said he goes it must have been down the street from somewhere that they had served cream corn the night before because the second time it filled up and i'm like oh my god dude i could never be a plumber he goes "Eh, that's how i make my living but dude I couldn't do it, man. I think that's another one of those trades where it's just a a very specific type of an individual that can handle that type of stuff. Because it's it's pretty foul when you think about the stuff that that goes into those toilets. Uh, Well, well, you know, we own a plumbing company. And my my partner in the plumbing business, he doesn't doesn't mind that at all. He said the grossest thing for him is um, P-traps and sinks with all the nasty rotten food like if people don't keep their traps cleaned out in their sinks you oh, know yeah. he said that grosses him out my buddy way said worse the, he said it smells office, worse it's like the dentist's office you know where they suck the stuff out of your mouth and stuff yeah. he said that's the worst oh yeah i could yeah. see that oh dentist office well they I have mean, all the, the vacuum tubes the, uh, and all yep. that the mouth is a pretty dirty place when you think about it. They start sucking some it's of those. It's the dirtiest place on the human body, is it? Oh, I don't know about that, but it's I think nasty. it's one of them. Actually, no, they did is. a study with the bacteria that can be the in your mouth. I think it is. The bacteria and is like your ears are disgusting. Like the body actually has to, I mean, it, 
th- that's another amazing thing is the human body. Think about that. How much waste goes through it? Well, it has to cleanse itself. It has to renew and refresh and get rid of the it's toxins an amazing thing. and the buildups. And- you could treat your body. You could abuse it. There's guys that abuse their body for 60 years and then got sober at 65 years old and got in the gym and the body recovers and freaking. It's amazing that you could go out and do what we did last night and wake up and be like, and obviously that is the older you get, it takes longer to repair. You know, they always say that, but there is something to be said about how awesome the human body truly is. And like you always talk about Crosby, like we're not meant to live after 55. Medicine has prolonged <laughs> that, but you go hard and, you know, the lifespan's supposed to be about 53, 54 years old. But because of modern medicine, they keep us alive longer, even though our mind starts to go. And you got to work really hard to be healthy going into your 70s, 80s, 90s, because well, as Crosby says, you're not, we're not meant to live that long, right, Crosby? That's right. No, I don't think that's right. I think, I think that the reason why people are dying, well, people are having health issues is because of the awful shit we put in our bodies. And well, Because if, if you go to places where life is more simple and they don't, they, they eat more natural stuff and they eat a lot of fish diet and natural things that, that they live yeah, a all, lot longer without medication. They don't need. Yeah. But all, if you go to like, the, your, if you go to Europe and Italy where they have a, you know, a big, more of a Mediterranean diet and fish, they all smoke. They're the smoking is huge in Europe. Mm-hmm. So like they're living, you, you might ha- be healthy diet wise, but then they smoke two packs a day. They don't have stress. They just enjoy smoking. Like that's the most, Italy's like the most non-stressful place. I know if you go to Rome or Milan or somewhere big, you're going to have the business part of it. But most of those little Mediterranean towns, they like take a three hour nap in the middle of the day. Well, yeah. And they take a whole month off. The whole damn country takes a month off every year. Yeah. So they're just not as there. I just saw a report that we might go back to a four, a four day standardized work week in America because who standardized it to work five and take two off? Like, yeah, well, it's, it was, it was trying to keep up with. Um, it, just trying to keep up the industri- yeah, the industrialization of the our revolution. nation. Just trying to just trying to keep up our production and compete with other countries. So, in 1900, the life expectancy was 47.3 years. What's it at now? 77. 70. But that's modern medicine. That we just didn't. They didn't have that. So, like the human body is not meant to live that long, you know. But we prolong its life and. No, I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm just saying, you know, mm. that's what but we're how much, not meant to live that long. But how much of that, I don't know, that it's not that we're not meant to live that long. How much of that was like um, disease and stuff that could just yeah, easily be But cured. that's what I mean is they have medicine now that before But we have did, disease, you know. but cancer is more rampant today than it's ever been. Oh, absolutely. There's no cure for it, even though there probably is. You just follow the money. They're keeping the, the treatment There's, out there and stuff. But cancer kills, I mean, I think heart attacks kill the most. Kill them, yep. Heart, heart disease and heart attacks. But cancer is dis- – you're telling me in all these years we can't find a cure for cancer? I With- think they I think they have the cure. I think when We've you really think of that. The, well, we can all think, say that, right? You know, if you think about the pharmaceutical companies, there's more money in trying to keep people healthy from it. There's no profit in the cure. There's no profit in the cure. It's in the tr- tree. Oh, treatment. dude, you should – And as, as much as I'm involved with Moms on the Run and – you hear about the it's crazy dude the the ladies that get breast cancer there's places that are like it's eight thousand dollars cash to come in here or you know check whatever but there's no insurance we don't take insurance if you want these infusions and you want this stuff it's cash and they they do that once twice a week you know whatever the treatment is and 
I mean, obviously, if you want to live, you got to pay for it. But it's wild, dude. The well, money, I, the money that's in cancer treatment is just insane. I think there's something to be said about some natural stuff too. I mean, we watched a, a documentary on Prime talking about the body and how the mind can heal better than medicine at times. And I think we get so dependent on the medicine that we lose track of what our own body can do when you were talking about how it can repair itself. Because it really is a very, the, the body can do a lot when you put the mind to work. But when you think about the, the outcome is death, if you're wrong, that's the, because I talk about this all the time with my, my girlfriend's mom and she's, she's big into what you're saying, you know, that the supplements and all that stuff to treat cancer. But at the same time, if you're the person with cancer, it's like, Hey, you could try and do a bunch of THC pills or whatever. And you know, it's, it's worked CBD. for some people, CBD. whatever, CBD, THC, they use it all. But if it doesn't work, you're dead. Yeah. Yeah, you know if, what I mean? if your dad doesn't have rate, like your dad, for example, yeah. if he didn't have radiation and chemo, he'd be he would, dead. He'd be dead. And, and that's what I mean. He's like, if you would have went to my dad two years ago and said, hey, you can do these three rounds of chemo and this, that, and the other, and you've got a, you know, 80% chance at life, or you could try and rub these oils on your back and see if, you know, dude, like that's a... That's a very difficult thing. If well, you're terminal, now if you're already terminal, that's and they what can't I was just going to say. Yeah, dude. We we had a we we had an employee who got cancer, and um, it ended up being uncurable, untreatable. They said there's really nothing we can do for you, and we're going to give you a year to live. And um, he completely, radically changed his diet, went everything alkaline, you know, um, and he's he's been alive for now three years and the cancer yeah. hasn't progressed we had and we, so i mean but he had no choice it was like they said oh we're gonna put you on chemo and we're gonna do chemo and he's like what for he's like if you can't cure me and you can't help me then why yeah, why, why? why and they're like well we're just trying to prolong your your life and he's like I, but i'd be miserable like chemo's miserable yeah. so what's the point of prolonging it if i'm gonna be that way so he just tried to do the natural thing and so far it's really worked for him my They're mom i remember my mom a while back when she lived actually down here in arizona uh she was really big into the science of the mind stuff and she was working with the gal that got diagnosed with terminal breast cancer and through obviously there was some medicine involved the chemo wasn't there but through a lot of the spiritual the the meditation putting the mind to work and, and making your body heal itself. That woman is actually still alive. That was 13 years ago. And yep. she had the same situation where, you know, they told her she was going to be gone. Well, you could do, you could do through mind over, you know, mind awareness plus, you know, good massage rolling out. Like if you have a slip disc, it used to be automatic. Freaking go to the doctor, get in physical therapy, pay a bunch of money. I've learned that you can get a lot of relief and, um, not just preventiveness, but you can get relief and cure of the modern headache, an everyday headache, sciatic problems, stuff like that. If you learn different things to where most of the time you'd be like, I got to go to a physical therapist. I got to get somebody to look at this. I got to get an x-ray rolling out and just rolling your quads out, rolling your hamstrings, rolling your calves. That takes care of so much to where if you learn how to roll your, your nerves out in your face and your jaw and do the right stretches in your head, the side of your head, you can take care of most headaches. And I've learned that through obviously through fitness or through trainers and, and all that stuff too. So yeah, I mean, there's a time and a place for medicine. I'm not saying that you never need to take Advil again, but I've, I've taken care of a lot of pain just through exercise and then where I'm going with this is there, I just listened to a podcast and I'm, I don't remember the guy's name that, um, I can't think of uh, Peter Attila. Look this guy up, Peter Attila. He's a doctor. And 
it's either 200% or 400% that lean muscle mass is now the driving factor in longevity of in quality of life more so than genetics more so than uh more so than um diabetes more so than cholesterol all this stuff if you work out and you stay fit and develop lean muscle mass that lean muscle mass has at least a 200% chance to prolong your life higher than any any other attributes or, or things that they would take into consideration for this and meaning like are you going to fall down and break your hip are you going to have balance when you're older or can you get on the floor and jump back off the floor without having to crawl to your knees then grab the couch and then lift yourself up mm-hmm. all of that stuff is and his his science behind it is absolutely mind-blowing about what lean muscle mass does to whether it's disease or whether it's any of that stuff, you have you you prolong your life big time just through that. Well, there's there's so much information available now about what we can do to prolong our life and live a healthy life, keep our bodies healthy, the way we eat, the way we sleep, the way everything. There's so much information out there, and what I don't understand is the American kind of nonchalant attitude about our bodies. Look, you got one body, one life. I don't understand why people don't take it as their mission to figure out their body. Do 75 hard. Find out what find out what works, what doesn't work. Challenge your body. Um, it, it's your temple. I don't understand why people don't put more time and effort into understanding it and into knowing about themselves. Because when you have conversations with people, they don't know shit about their bodies. Uh-uh. Well, there's a it's, lot. Of- it's, it's crazy. Like people just are not connected to their bodies. They don't know what it can do, what it can't do. Man, do some goddamn yoga. Do some, connect your body to your mind. Make sure everything's working right. And research, read, figure it out, you know. And we're so busy watching the real housewives on TV or whatever that, you know, this entertainment shit we watch on TV that's just garbage. Well, you got to respect everybody for who they are. Some people don't care. But but, there's too many people. But then they're the same people that complain when their life goes to shit. And when when they're they're having all these problems with their body, they're the first ones to complain. I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is, man or woman, how old you are. Being fat is not good. It's not comfortable. There's no way that you can look in the mirror out of the shower being fat and out of shape and go... This is awesome. Well, it was funny because we were when we were driving down from from Laughlin, we were talking about that. I was watching a video on Facebook, and it was of these young uh, teenage girls, and they were having to look at pictures of people and, and rate them from a zero to ten. And it was really interesting because every woman that they put up, they were putting up women that you know from from looking at them, they're very obese. And these girls were talking about how they were ten and they were gorgeous, and how we couldn't look at the body type but you have to look at what's what's in between and i think we just became soft and too many people have fell victim to thinking that oh it's just my genes i can never do anything about it so we have to accept well, it and it's really just not healthy you can accept it you can say somebody's beautiful on the inside and that everybody has attributes that are beautiful but the the ones that are where i have an issue with it is that they promote it like it's okay yeah when they get that big then they're like oh i'm big and beautiful and i'm like no i'm not saying you're not beautiful i'm not saying that you don't have the right to feel pretty but it's not healthy that's not comfortable you can't you got to lay down to put your jeans on you can't get up off the floor you can't play with your kids because you're out of breath and your heart rate's at 140 because you're carrying 100 extra pounds of weight. There's nothing good you're about that You're going to be all. a diabetic and cause well, stress on our healthcare system. I yeah, mean, it's, there's it's no, a fact. There's nothing good about it's, that it's at all. It's a fact. People that are... It's not judgmental. Are, it's the facts. It's, I, I don't mean, judge you. It, it goes back to all the body. I used to... Uh, when I started like my journey trying to get better, I, I used to have pretty severe sleep apnea. 
Um, I couldn't figure out why. I just, I thought it was a deviated septum. I just, it just happened. And as I started dropping weight, it took the pressure off of my heart, my breathing and everything. And, and I don't have to use that thing anymore. And I think there's a lot of people that can, can benefit from those things. They just have to, we have to the, quit the, saying the, the body is not designed to carry 50, 60 extra pounds of fat. It's, mm -mm. it's just, it's not, it's not good for you. It's stressful on the heart. Um, and I, I can say even when I was bodybuilding and I was 240 pounds. Is that another which, word for jelking? <laughs> is it? No, I remember building. When I was bodybuilding, I was 240 pounds. My natural, my natural weight to walk around at is about 165. And so I was 240 pounds. So I'm 80 pounds over where I should be. And I looked healthy. I was at like uh, eight and a half percent, eight, eight percent body fat. And when I was getting ready for shows and stuff, obviously I would drop even below that, but you know, walking around at 8% body fat and I still could hardly do a flight of stairs. Uh, my heart just couldn't handle all the extra blood. It was trying to pump through, even though I looked like a monster and I could lift crazy amounts of weight, I was not healthy and I did not feel good that my body just was not designed to carry all that extra. Well, most of them bodybuilders aren't living past 45. Well, it's very unhealthy to, to take steroids. their body. And, well. Steroids destroy, I mean, everything they put in their body. It catches, I mean, look at Rodney Coleman. That dude is barely 60 years old and he can barely walk. And he was four time Mr. Olympia or eight time Mr. Olympia. You know, now he can literally barely walk. Have you seen his walk? He's on two walkers. He's on yeah. canes with cufflinks. Yeah. Like that's, 60 years old, he well, should the, be freaking the, running around a freaking football they, field. They today. are pushing. I mean, you see these pro bodybuilders now. It's Holy insane. shit. It's not they, even, it's not even fun. It, they, they are pushing it to a yes. level that's just insanity. But, and here's what I appreciate about, appreciate about what they do though. I, I, I can say, I don't, I would never do that to my own body, but here's what I can say about, about it. I appreciate any human that, that pushes the envelope um, to see whether it's in sports or whether it's in science or whether it's in of the mind or of the spirit, anybody who's pushing the envelope out there, they're finding the boundaries of, of humanity. I mean, look at, look at these extreme sport athletes, right? I would never try and do a triple backflip or whatever the hell they're doing on these. You know, it used to be a big deal when they did a backflip on a motorcycle. Then they started doing doubles and then they started doing more and more crazy shit. And they're just, they're out there pushing an envelope. And if honestly, as a society and as a, and as a human race if there aren't people pushing those boundaries and pushing those limits then then we cease to move forward so at, at some point you say yeah that's kind of rough to see him do that you know and I, I don't i don't necessarily agree with it but i think it's beautiful that there are humans out there that are willing to push the envelope yeah, and but see I mean, what see what but the natural human body against unnatural is completely different naturally naturally you can get pretty good results but pumping all that stuff, and I know, hey, look, I don't take anything away from their work ethic. you still got to put in the time. Oh, absolutely. But the recovery and everything that it does for you, it's not healthy. That stuff's not healthy in your body. I mean, the guy that, the, the whack job they call the liver king or whatever that lied to everybody about it, it's natural. Did he really think people believed he was natural? You don't look like no. that at 50 years old. No. Naturally. You, you can't. So you can push your body, but at, what, at my problem is, is that that lifestyle promotes a lot of illegal substances being put into the body and if you don't take if these kids that are going to get into it and they don't have the ability and the income to have a physician support that and watch it and main and maintain it then you're just like then what are you doing you're just putting stuff into your body not even knowing what you're doing because you're taking the word of these bodybuilders 
that's an issue to me. The social media that pushes stuff like that, like, look how big I am. And then people are like, I want to get that big. You can't get that big naturally. You can't. So what you're, you're saying, like you appreciate that the human body can be pushed that far, but I mean, you pump a horse full enough steroids, he's going to do amazing things, but it's not healthy for that horse. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can get results, but it's almost well. What cheating. I'm saying is that you know that the, the the society learns from other people pushing the boundaries. You know, like we learn from what they're doing. You know, we we learn about the human body. We and there's things that we can assimilate from that and learn from that without having to go through what they're going through. I'm just saying that that I appreciate you know people pushing the boundaries in all aspects of life because it helps the rest of us learn. And helps the rest of us know, like, hey, what we can and can't do as a race, you know. So th- I, there is. I, I, that. I'm not arguing that. I don't think that. I don't think that. I'm against pushing boundaries, but they just don't even look right. No, it just does. I mean, you look at their arms now and their vascularity and stuff. It's like they're, they're beasts. They're just beasts. They're, yes. they're beasts. They're yeah. They're not even. Um, and and I know this isn't going to be a very popular thing to say, but um, I especially hate it when women do that to themselves. It just seems so unnatural when they get to the point where they're just massive. It's, it's too testosterone. much when they're stretched out. It look, I mean, it looks like a man is there's not very much attractiveness well, I mean, to it. That's I can what they want to do to themselves. I really I appreciate their choice, but I, I just, I, I, just wow. I think when they do the fitness stuff is is far better. But when you have them walking around looking like they're chewing steroids left and right, I, I think I have to agree. They're. I don't know just if they should. I don't. It. I don't think that. I mean, we promote that whole lifestyle that's promoted like more power too if you're a bodybuilder but there there's got to be something i mean are these legal drugs these guys are taking to get to this point and women are they legal are they readily available to where you can go to a physician and they can legal legally give you a prescription for a lot of this stuff or a lot is a lot of this illegal performance enhancing peds and no 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 it's absolutely absolutely illegal they're you're you're not allowed to you can prescribe testosterone as a doctor but you're but you're not allowed to you're not allowed to prescribe it to the point where it gets your blood over a certain number like you can't you can't just have um as much testosterone in your body as you want right they check your levels they check your levels and you and if a doctor is prescribing you stuff that takes you above those levels it's illegal um so and there's there's you know that's why there's a big black market for it and Mm -hmm. most of the people that are doing it are doing it illegally and um and that's a whole nother discussion i guess and what should be legal and what shouldn't be and i think you should be able to juice yourself up with whatever you want i think pro athletes should be roided to the max crushing each other on the field should be able to do whatever you want this is a joke i am (laughs) it's really hard when you talk about that stuff because you still have the factor you look at like just say bonds or or any of those guys when when they went through that they still had to have the eye contact to hit it they still steroids didn't make them hit the ball it maybe helped them hit it farther no but they still had to put it on steroids did is that they play 162 games and he was hitting balls 500 feet on the 162nd game like he was on this third game Mm -hmm. right and baseball is a taxing sport so the problem with that whole deal though is that bud selig and the commissioner's office knew it they knew the ball was flying out of the yard they knew they needed to do something to save baseball because of the 94 strike so there's something to be said like there shouldn't be an asterisk around bonds name and roger clemens they should have both no. been first ballot hall of famers they were bonds is absolutely the best all-around baseball player of all time of all time like nobody can do what that guy did 
to get that intentionally walked that many times, that many walks. He led the league five years in a row in walks, broke Babe Ruth's record. He got one pitch a game to hit, and he'd hit it into the water. He barely struck out. He stole 40 bases several times, was a 40-40 man. I think he won six or seven gold gloves. I don't know how many all-stars. So if you were in, in how many world titles, he won at least – I don't even know if he won one. But if you look at his career, you can't take that away from him because no. he's got an asterisk by his name. No. They knew what was going on. Every pitcher was on it. Everybody was on it. So, again, was it right? No, you shouldn't be doing all that stuff. But everybody was doing it, so the playing field was evened out. And I don't know. I have mixed emotions about what they should be able to do and what they shouldn't be able to do and what levels they can do it to. Because when you're pushing your body and taxing your body at that level, you see the damage that happens to some of these pro athletes, the damage to their tissues and the damage to their bodies. And if they can, if they can do it at a therapeutic dose, if they can do it at a therapeutic dose to help create longevity for themselves then I'm not opposed to that. As long as it's being dictated by a doctor and they're doing it within the certain boundaries, I don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, HGH heals small tissue in the body like nothing else can. And when these guys have these small tissue injuries, I, I think they should be allowed to take it. And I, I don't know. I just have a lot of opinions about that. And, and as long as it's not being done to the point where it's taking it a level of enhancement. And I think that's what people don't understand is like, Steroids for a TRT replacement is like for a typical TRT replacement, you're you're probably taking about 150 to 175 milligrams of testosterone a week, right? Um, that that's a that's a therapeutic dose. Okay, a sports enhancing dose is 1,400 milligrams of test a week. Yeah, that's going to do a lot that's, more than just that's, bring. That's 12 times as much. That's 12 times as much. So it's not like it's just like, oh, you just take a little bit more and it, it no, it doesn't work that way. So I'm all for therapeutic dosing. And if, and if, as long as people are doing therapeutic dosing just to keep their bodies healthy and to make sure that their bodies are balanced and doing well. Um, and most guys honestly don't need it at their young age that they're competing at. Um, but if they do need it and they're using it as a therapeutic dose or HGH, then I think they should be allowed to do so it. So you, you, you sought a test for it, and as long as their levels are maintained and they're being prescribed by a doctor and these fighters in UFC that are getting, you know, random drug tests from USADA, they should be able to be at a certain level because they're preventing injury or helping them stay injury-free going into a fight camp? Absolutely. And HGH has been shown to to help with, um, you know, a, a, a concussion protocol when after, cause years of fighting, I, you know, obviously I've had several concussions and I was worried about it. And when I saw my doctor, my anti-aging doctor, he's like, one of the best things we can do for, um, a concussion protocol, you know, as far as, uh, after the fact to make sure you don't end up punch drunk in your sixties, you know, or whatever, um, is to get you on HGH, and um, he, has, he has a whole regimen of different things he does, but HGH is part of that. So why um, are you on a performance-based prescription then? <laughs> <laughs> no, mine is, mine is therapeutic. Oh, yeah, right. Mine is therapeutic. Yeah, right. You have freaking, you don't even work out, and you look, you're a beast. So be honest with me. Like, how many million, are you doing 1,700 instead of 1,100? Oh, no, I do, I do. I do one mil a week of testosterone, which is a basic TRT replacement, and then I do, I do one point five of HGH every day, um, and I well, I six out of seven days, 
six on one. And this is all prescribed and with all, a doctor. All prescribed from a doctor. Yeah. And it's all legal. It's all legal. And my blood work, he does my blood work all the time. Um, my blood work looks great. And it actually helped me quite a bit because before I started taking HGH, I had really high cholesterol levels. And when I started taking HGH, it, it moved my cholesterol levels. But you can do that down. through other means of diet and in medicine that's controlled that, that ain't going to hurt yeah, you. Yeah, but a lot, of, a lot of the medicines that they control cholesterol with are very Be 100% honest with dangerous. me right now. How much does vanity play in with your decision to take HGH and TRT? Um, vanity is part of it, absolutely. I, I want to look good, and I want to look good as I get older. Um, but I have developed a very strong muscle base and from years of competing and being an athlete and training. And yeah, I don't train as hard as I do now, but my diet is pretty freaking clean. I eat clean um, and, you know, try and maintain a healthy lifestyle, even though I don't train as hard as I used to. And so my body responds well, you know, like I, I don't have to train as hard as I used to. But do you think it would respond this well without the HGH? Um, no, I mean, it d definitely helps for sure. I mean, that's why I take it. Would you advise me to get on it? Well, I'd, I'm not a doctor. I'd have to look at your blood profiles and see what... It's red. <laughs> <laughs> it's blue till it hits the oxygen, actually. What did... Uh... No, I like that talk. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like I, when I was going to get on TRT, my doctor said, absolutely not because my levels are in the seven hundreds and they're, they're like, well, we can get you to 1300 or 1190 to 1300. And my doctor's like, for what? He goes, all you're going to do is prevent your body from naturally making it down the road. If you get on this right now and right now at 700, you're like a high school kid in a the first dance like you know like you don't have anything to worry about so yeah. why would you get on that yeah but some absolutely. of these guys that are on trt that are doing it for performance they're up around 1100 1300 like that's not even normal no no they're they're, they're pushing way above so i'm one when you talk about bodybuilders like i said it's i'm not talking about their blood level at 13 1400 i'm talking about how many milligrams of tests they're taking a week at like 1400 so, yeah, so their blood levels are, God only knows what their blood levels are at, but they're far beyond 11 and 1300. But yeah, if you, if you have healthy test levels, there's no reason to do replacement therapy. There's just not it. And some people, like I had an issue with it. Once I got to about my mid thirties, it just, my test levels just started crashing and I didn't feel good. I was lethargic, had all kinds of issues. And so it helped really recover me. And the biggest thing it did for me was get my drive back. Like, and not just sex drive, but my drive for life. Like I just didn't, I wasn't motivated. I lost that, I lost that kind of fire inside, you know, that, and, um, it, when I got on it and got my levels back to where they should be, it came back. You know? Crosby, is this anything that interests you at all about, are you sitting there going, I'm considering going to see a doctor to get my passion and fire and flame back for life? No. I have so much passion, fire, and flame. Do you joke? Because if you don't... <laughs> I didn't know about that till this morning. I'm going to start. <laughs> <laughs> but being for real, though, like, you, do you want to feel better? Do you want to look... Good. Do you want to have a muscle base more? No. I'm not saying you don't. Okay. I'm just saying, does what John ring to you at all? No. Like, it just, no, it doesn't. How old are Never you? Never has. 42. Yeah, it just yeah. You, so you just take life as it comes, and yeah. it is what it is. As yeah. long as you have beer and whiskey. I want to be dead by sixty-five or somewhere close to there. You know, I want to burn out, not fade out. <laughs> <laughs> so you saying you want to be dead at sixty-five? You don't take into any consideration like that you do have a life partner now in Jilly. You're not going to marry her, but she is your girl. You've been together a decade already. 
Um, you live together. You guys have dogs. You have her immediate family that loves you. You also have nephews and, and brothers and, and nieces. So, like, none of that's taken into consideration with the selfish comment you just made of, like, I want to be dead at 65. I have life, I have life insurance. I have no debt. I, I mean, she would be better off. Or not better off, but, I mean... She would be sad, but I'm not leaving her like a big mess or anything like that, you know? So she, so when, how are you, Garen, so, so you think that life is just not worth living after 65? I don't think much good happens after 65. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet there's a big population in this that it would disagree with you severely. There's a lot of them that wouldn't too, though. I mean. Do you think people yeah. in their 70s still have intercourse? Absolutely. Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. I think so. I know, I'm trying to picture that. I know of several. I'm trying not to picture it, but I'm honestly <laughs> trying not to picture that myself. <laughs> That's yeah, what but I, I mean, it, I think you get in what you put out, right? So if your mindset's right, I think it's it's going to happen. I, it's just how you're looking at it. That sounds like one of those posters at the dentist office. Speaking about dentist office, <laughs> the sailboat. Right. You get in what you put out. Keep yeah. your cells of, of keep your cells full. <laughs> <laughs> What did you think of the Whiskey Myers concert, Alex? I thought it was really good. Did you enjoy like how humble they are and how how they treated us? Like, isn't isn't that a cool night? We should have went out into the crowd. I think a little bit, maybe you know, got a little elbow to elbow with the people. It looked like they were having a good time out there. Yeah, it is nice, you know, on the side stage, you get to hear the music better and see all that. But like the, you don't get that buzz, you know, of, of the crowd and all that. But did you guys so pay good. attention to the audience of? how standoffish they were in the first four to five songs. And then after the concert, I was, cause I was studying and I was like, look at this crowd, how they're starting to react. And they, all of a sudden, like there was people standing up. Like if you're looking from where we were, they were over on the right. And there was some serious whiskey Myers fans that were there for the band. Then there was the casino guests mm-hmm. in all those first 10 rows. I don't know how many times I heard, and I'm sure you guys did too. I didn't even know who this band was. My girlfriend was coming up here to gamble. They get free tickets, yeah. And we got free tickets, and now I'm a huge fan. Yeah. I just bought two of their shirts. So they like won the crowd over, and the whole crowd came forward. And by the end, you know, by the middle of the concert to the conclusion, that whole front, you know, everybody was yeah. standing, the, nobody was sitting down. The line for their merch table was huge. After. And, and after, that's what I mean. Yeah, I, I think, like you said, they, they didn't even know who they were coming in. I ran into a guy of, of all places, you know, we're. 500 miles from home and i ran into a dude that lives in reno and he says yeah you you know who these guys are right i said yeah i i, I do he goes yeah the, the band from yellowstone you know that was like as deep as it was you know and i'm like well yeah but i mean they're better than that it, you know like and i'm sure he's a fan now i haven't talked to him since but i tried up his alley you know insane talent like really? well, well i think one of the one of the defining things for a band is how well they play live you know, you can you can sound great on a record, but how well do you play live? And Whiskey Myers is a live band. They, they were talented, they, man. They, they put on one hell of a show, and they're just they sound just as good live as they do in, on on any of their records. You know, I actually have so. some video, and I and we've been listening to them. I think they sound better live. I mean, they they were very very talented. And Chris Alexander, their tour manager, how he set that backstage up for us. Because usually the audio is not that good backstage because the speakers are pointed out to the audience, but he put those little. He the turned subwoofers in it and he, turned, he put them on us and it was clear as day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The interaction with the crowd would have been good, but it, it was pretty It was pretty nice with those speakers turned. Obviously, that's where you would want to go to the crowd if you couldn't. You'd rather be out in the crowd? You didn't like those coolers no, 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 of beer not, and not, the, not the whiskey? Not rather be out in the crowd, but it, it's fun to go out in the crowd, you know, and 
Well, when you went get to the bathroom, get the you vibe. You know? <laughs> I did. Walk we, we had to walk to the to the bathroom. You went through the crowd, right? No, I, I, I was, the buses were back there. I, I, was on them. I, uh, I, I like being on stage just because I like having my space. I like being able to dance around if I want to and just kind of get into it. You know, I hate being squished in the crowd and. You know, I don't so think I, that I, I you like should. I don't think that you should have like necessarily did the jelking there like you did. <laughs> like, that, like that was kind of weird, right, Crosby? But I guess if you're on a schedule and you're you're, you're pushing your body to its limit, and it comes time to do the jelk, you do it no matter where you're at. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's you know, are you going to not do your push-ups at eight o'clock in the morning? I mean, you got to gel. You got to do it. But you're not going to get down and do twenty push-ups on the side stage. I mean, he's over there jelking. Everybody's like, what is he doing? <laughs> he's take, taking care of himself, dude, for a healthy afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> Healthy golden years, dude. Yeah. You picture John you, at 75 you said, joking. People, yeah. You said, do people have sex when they're 75? I'm making sure I get there. I'm well, st- keeping it healthy so that I can. They have Viagra for that. They have that's what? Not, that's Viagra. Not, yeah, but you don't want to take that stuff when you're 70, man. That stuff's not great for that's you, That's when man. they take it. Yeah, I know, but it's bad for you, man. You don't you take it now, do you? Now you're going to tell us that you're on Viagra now, too? No, I don't take One it. One milligram every morning while I joke. <laughs> 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 oh my god so you line this stuff up what all give me the list of what you put in your body because i know you do fake tanning too no i don't at one time you were doing injections of tanning solution to color your skin yes you were too in phoenix yes it's, yeah it's yeah i took it at one point i don't take it anymore <laughs> <laughs> who even knew that existed dude? <laughs> i know i would never it was, think of it that was a, it was i'm a, as white as they come dude tanning injections it, no it, yeah you, you you inject this stuff and it it uh it basically reacts with the melan- melanin in your skin and causes you to tan. And the side effects are that you you lose weight and it makes you horny. So, well, let me ask you this: those are the side effects. Of those it? are the side effects. Wow, that's a miracle drug. <laughs> yeah, that's why they called it the Barbie drug. Really? You, yeah. MT two. Do you have hair plugs? Do I have? Do, you have fake hair. I have. Yeah, I have fake hair. I have fake everything. So you do have, have hair plugs? Let I me have see them. Butt implants. What are you talking? Fuck off. You don't have hair plugs? No. Oh, you don't? No. Oh, I thought you did. There's no way you still have that much hair. Yes, I do. That's I'm real hair. Let me take yeah. off your hat. Those are hair plugs. <laughs> are they hair plugs? Be for real. No. Do you have fake hair? No. You I really have, have prosthetic hair. butt implants? No, I don't have any of that. I saw those. Are you the zero. liver king? <laughs> <laughs> no. So you I don't do, have, you don't have do, hair plugs? I do HGH, testosterone, and vitamins. That's all I do. Viagra? That's don't not a vitamin. Say. Oh, a vitamin. <laughs> vitamin, man. Vitamins. He's got a vitamin. Protein shake. Whose vitamin. vitamins are on the counter over here? That's, Mine. That's probably John's. There's about what 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 is the apple things or whatever? It's like a green bag. A green bag. Yeah, it says apple flavored something. Oh no, those are just those, those are, are Jolly just, Ranchers. Just, those are just silver cough drops. What does that mean? They're just a cough drop. Just, no, no, they're, they're cough drops, but it has it has colloidal silver in it. So silver kills germs and things like that. So oh, nice. They get you sick. What's that? They get you sick. No, keep they keep you from, you from getting, getting sick. Did you enjoy the Whiskey Myers concert the other night? Yeah, hell yeah, John I did. It was awesome. I'm not to interrupt you, but I, I mean, we got to ask. So when you do a trip like this and you drink a ton of booze like we're doing and all the bad stuff, then do you feel like you've let yourself down a little bit? Like, uh, no, you balance. You, you, you work hard to, to enjoy stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. I just you, why why can't he answer? Um, I thought you said John. I did say John. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I'm saying if John, if John, you know. I thought I was John. John's ripped. You guys can't see him. John's ripped and, and, you know, always has been long as I've known him. But so, like, this takes you steps backwards, right? Well, yeah. But I don't do this all the time. 
Right, but you that's know, what I mean. Is but when you go on a trip like this, are, does it mentally are you upset with yourself, or do you not realize? No, that you're I give going myself backwards? the space. Like I give myself the space to enjoy times like this. You know, I know that there's going to be times where I just let go and have fun, and I, I'm not going to go on vacation. And your body comes right back. Yeah, your it, body repairs. It bounces itself. back quickly. You know, when I go back, that's because of the lean muscle mass, guaranteed. Yeah, hundred percent. So like, when, and when I go back, when I go back home, you know, I'll be extra strict for the next three weeks to drink get, a bunch of water yeah, purify the self let my let my body bounce, bounce i'm drinking back a ton of water down here that's the best that's one of the top things that you can do is hydration that's why you can't I, hold your pee for longer than 16 minutes but i think it's healthy to pee it and is get good. rid of all Very, that yeah Absolutely. i agree i'm drinking a lot of water too ryan what about you when you go home next week are you gonna be upset with yourself for what you've done over the last four days no i try to work hard coming in we've actually been working why we're here you know get up work out a little bit I think, getting the body, I think getting the body moving is key in life. You got to get that blood flowing through the body. If, yeah, you got to get oxygen flowing. to the blood. You can, you, can ta- you can take care of a lot of things with lean muscle mass. Absolutely. You truly can. Like, and lean muscle mass burns fat. Burns fat. So the, the more muscle mass you have, the more fat you're burning. For me, as I'm walking around through the day, I just do random stuff. You know, if we're sitting down. <laughs> you just do I'll, random stuff like I'll, what? Like, I'll, I'll get up and do some push-ups, right? So I'll get up off the couch and do... 50 push-ups real quick and then i'll move on to what I, I, i'm doing and i do that at work i if you go into my office i have i have weights sitting right at the side of my desk and i'll just if i'm sitting at the computer for any longer than you know two hours or something i'll just pop up walk over to the edge of my desk do a few curls do some tricep pushes you know overhead push <laughs> 200 push you know we're all thinking the same thing do a jelk yeah <laughs> 200 push-ups a day yeah you do? Down, yeah, I mean, whether you do 10 at a time or 20 at a time, get 200 push-ups in a day. Yeah, if you do 200 a day, which that's kind of what I, I try to do on a pretty regular basis. I try to do 200 or 100. Yeah. If you really want to get to a point, try to get to the point of 200 in two minutes. I mean, 100 in two minutes, not 200. 100 push-ups in two minutes. You get to that point, then you're achieving something with all in a row. Strength. I no, think, you I can think... take a break as long as you get them within two, two minutes. minutes. You get a hundred push. It sounds easy, but when you get to sixty, sound easy. your chest is burning. <laughs> I can, I can, I can, I, I get, I can get close. But I'm talking like, look, like you, you you're strong, but I'm talking real push-ups all the way down, all the way extended, not real fat. You can't do push-ups fast. If you watch Marines, if you go into the Marine test or the the SEAL test. There's a certain push-up that's counted as a uh, as a uh, yeah, you have, your chest has push-up. to touch a, a fist on the ground and you got to extend your arms all the way up. Yeah, and a lot that's of guys, deep. a lot of people that's that go, I can push-up. do 60 push-ups, don't do deep push-ups like that. That's like the CrossFit pull-ups, dude. They aren't the same thing as a regular pull-up. You no, know what I mean, no, they still got to be strong to do them, and you still got to be strong sure. to do his style. And I'm sure John could do a lot of regular push-ups, but I'm talking a hundred legit push-ups in two minutes. That's hard. That, yeah. that you're, you're basically having to do a push-up every you know, second and a half. It's hard. Because you, you go, I'm going to do 30 to start. And then to start back up, you know, it, start, it starts to tax. It's a, it's a, but that's a good test to get to. I'm not saying I'm challenging you to do that today. That's a good test to get to. After six, seven weeks of doing this 200 push-ups a day, you should try and, do, and mix it up. Crosby, right? you're going to be John. No, I'm not telling 30 you. 30 days, 200 push-ups. I'm not no, telling I'm not. you. Gonna, you jelk on a regular. I am going to jelk as soon as I get home. 200 push-ups. As soon as you get to the room. Maybe in the shower tonight. Would That's that be what weird John around does. You and then he puts aloe vera on it. Are we sharing a shower? No. At the same oh, time? Okay. Whoa. But I, I, but I would like a tutorial if How you How cool of a guy is yeah. Jerry Reynolds? 
He's he's a great dude. He, it's funny. I was thinking One about like I only see that dude seen. once a year, maybe. But he's just the same guy when you see him. He's like he's dude. like your long lost best buddy that you you know you see once a year, and he's just a good dude to hang around. He's with. such a he was mountain fun. of a man. Him and, and his son were fun. They, now, were, they were cool. Now that he's let his beard all kind of grow out and let his hair get longer, he looks like a buffalo. His head is so big. His body is so big. He's just a massive human being. But just a nice, just the nicest guy. The nicest, sweetest, like cool. I mean, the guy played nine years in the NFL. He was Mister New York twice. You know how cool that is with the the hockey, the Knicks, the giant, the Giants, the Mets, the Yankees. Like, there's a lot of professional athletics in New York. That includes the boxers, like Mike Tyson's from New York. Jerry got Mister New York twice. That's crazy. Which team did he play for? The Giants. The New York Giants. Giants. He played for the Cowboys for a minute. Bengals, right. Cowboys. See, Clint's Giants. doing real push-ups right there. All the way down, all the way extended. That's a real push-up. John, you kind of do more of a uh, – the ones, at least the ones you were doing the other day, which is a good pump. That's a great tricep pump and all that. But that's – that's that. and I'm not saying they're not push-ups. I'm not trying to judge your push-ups. I'm saying if I feels was – judgy. If I'm going to judge the 200 – if I'm going to judge the 102 minutes. Judgy. That's the 102 minutes right there that you have to do. How many are you on right now, Clint? He's, he's going slow and pausing. Oh, that's hard. But those I are the push-ups that. you have to do. You got to do them faster. If, you, if you'll never get to two, you'll never get to a hundred and no, 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 no. Two I'm not saying you have to. I'm speed. not saying you have to go down that slow and up that slow. That, I'm just talking about the distance traveled in the mm-hmm. arm and the chest. That's where. You, that, that's how deep you have to get to be. And considered the cool thing about the, push-up. the push-ups is, is if you do them right and you start focusing on all the muscles, it, it could be a, a whole body workout or at least a big part of the core. And Ryan, what did you read when you did 75 hard? Isn't that part of it? You have to read every day or something. Playboy. Uh, yeah. I was going to nah, say. You know, I, I did a lot of... Uh, 75 hard. He was trying to stay hard. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> we talking about Jelkin again? Are you going to do 75 hard? No. I'm asking him what he I'll, read. I'll I tell did. you I what. I just was wondering what he was into. Yeah, what did you read? You, you I, went 75 days with not a drop of alcohol? Yep. Yeah, we... I didn't... Out, I, work nothing. Out every I, day, right? Twice yep. a day. You got to work out so, twice a day. So did you we, do it? Fuck no. I lost... So I lost about... Why don't you challenge yourself? You can't not drink tequila No, No, this is what I will say. I actually was very inspired. I had two employees that, um, well, three employees, a husband and wife, and then another guy um, that did the 75 heart. And it was really inspiring to see them do it. And they, they needed it. You know, there, there were, um, some of them were overweight and they needed to do that to get in better shape. And it was really inspiring to see them go through it and do all that. Um, I don't feel like I need to do the 75 hard because I do so much maintenance already that I, I don't really need to do that. Um, so I just don't see any need for it in my life. I, I think the biggest thing for me was sparking that change, right? So when when you talk about everything that you do, the water you put in, the food that you eat, um, the, the, the food that you put into your mind, right? So a lot of my personal development... The food I you tried, put into your mind? Yeah, you feed your mind, right? I, I think you feed your mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got to put good stuff in it. Um, so what did you read? I, I read the- a lot of books. So I, I read The Compound Effect. I read articles on having healthy relationships with, uh, you, know, you know, my wife or my friends or my business associates on, on just how to be a better person. Um, the 75 hard was the one diet that I did where I actually really legitimately followed the book. I, I wasn't cheating on the food. I wasn't um, sneaking a drink. I really legitimate had that one gallon of water every day. I did my workouts 
it was really nice because during that 75 hard, um, we would work out in the morning and then our night workout, because you can split your workups, your workouts however you want. So we were walking. We would walk our dogs every night and then it would open up a whole different part of our relationship when we were talking and doing it together. And it was just really inspiring. And I learned a lot about my body. I dropped, I, I dropped 48 pounds. I didn't realize I had 48 pounds to lose. Yeah, because you're only five foot two. Five one, <laughs> right now. Five three jerk. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I learned a lot about my body and what I can do and um, the things that were really making me not feel great and not perform at my top level. So, so Alex, do you feel like you're performing at your top level? Do you feel like your body's at its peak performance? While I'm out selling ice cream? Yeah, yeah. Riding my Harley? Yeah, I'm, I'm running on all the cylinders. Nope. It, it, you, you don't care? Not one bit. Well, I think there's going to be people that don't, don't care, care about right? There's, there's a lot of people. I don't care that... about much. <laughs> he asked me if I'm operating at peak levels. What or if Jilly broke up with you out of the blue, said, don't want to be in a relationship anymore? I'd find then, another one. But would you change anything about yourself before you were on the prowl again? Like, you know that. If you had to go back into the dating pool, yeah, would you try to trim up? No. Does the beard come it, off? None of, none of that has Does anything the, to do with any of that. Uh, it's all about having game. It's game it's, and confidence I, 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 in yourself. I, 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 Did you say it's all about game? Game? Yeah, and, to and be having able to talk. I mean, that's yourself. all you have to do. Self-confidence, being able to talk. 100%. Girls do not like gym do, rats. 100% they don't like a gym I'm not, rat. There's girls in the world that do. I mean, you know, there's... There's just there's plenty of girls out Gym there. Gym rats in the world. are dorks. You don't have to do the, the, the dad bod's dorks. coming back. Yeah, they did a it's always been with a bunch of girls. It's always been the whole in. thing is What's if you're back? down to earth and, and ah. you can drink like I can drink and you can party like I can party, <laughs> you're, you're gonna find someone, dude. I mean, look how many chicks like to do that too. You know what I mean? I agree. Like I think that it's sense of humor, it's cleverness and wittiness and timing, mm -hmm. it's compassion and grace, obviously, and it's being nice and being respectful and being well mannered and all of that. But as far as like the aesthetics, I think it has more so to do with me of my balance of because I party a lot. Like I don't go out and get hammered. I'm not saying that. But every night's like what we experienced last night. Every duck camp I go to, every event I go to. I mean, think about that. Like I can't say no. I would never say no to what happened to us last night or the night before. Like, you know, you got, you're going to go and stand on stage and have all this access to all this, or you're going to go to Walker Bueller's house and have those steaks and that meal. John Shrimp's Campy was awesome. And then you're going to have some drinks. We exercise quite a bit, which, I mean, I set a lot of records last night. Give myself credit for that. Lean body tissue, lean muscle mass. But <laughs> um, the point is, is that you got to have that personality. You got to have that ability to go and talk to them and break the ice. I think that the aesthetics and the, the part about wanting to be in shape is more so for my mind. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't want to, I'm not sitting there going, I'm going to go to the beach and take my shirt off and have all these girls just go like, Oh my God, I got to meet that guy. Well, I don't want to be that. I want to feel good about myself and I want to, but if you feel good about yourself the way you are and you have the ability to go and do what you want to do and talk to people, I think that there is something to be said about not, you don't have to want to be in the gym. It's not like he's overweight or well, huge yeah. or that I am. It's just like, I don't think you have to have an eight pack to get a girlfriend. No, absolutely not. And I actually had an interesting revelation. I've been married to my wife for 29 years and been in, in good shape my whole life. I've been an athlete my whole life. But when I was bodybuilding, you know, I got to 240 pounds and, um, looked ripped and whatever. And, and, uh, 
I've decided I don't want to be big anymore and I've, I've leaned down and now I sit at right around 190 pounds and that's where I kind of stay. And my wife said to me the other day, you know, you know, I like the way you look so much better. Cause I told her, I said, man, I feel small. My arms feel smaller. I, you know, I just, you yeah. didn't see me standing behind and, you. And she goes, <laughs> she goes, she was talking to me, John. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she says, she says, I like the way you look now so much better. And I said, you, I said, you did, you, you didn't like it when I was all buff. She's like, it was okay. She's like, but I like you better buff. now. She's like, I like you better now. You just look more fit, more athletic. You don't look just you well. You look, look so natural, much like a right? beast, you know. And she's like, I no, just, he I doesn't. Didn't. He looks. You look a lot more natural. I've said yeah. that. He for wears a, long time. a so- but he's he not wears natural. His, no, he wears not, his kids' shirts. You just said you do tests and GHG wear, or whatever. Not, not, not to performance levels. That you wear small shirts though, which just gives a bad. Uh, that gives people medium. a different impression. Like you're not that big. You just have a really small shirt on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I wear it well. You had to jump off the roof to get into it today. I, I, the girls don't complain. I, I agree with you. I agree with you, John. I think <laughs> Sherry doesn't complain. You mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry and her friends don't complain. Sherry does not complain. Sherry's going to hear this and say she has a different word for jelking. <laughs> no, I, I, I think that what women find attractive, obviously all women are different, but my wife, I know for her, uh, it's, it's about personality and it's about uh, so much more than just looks like. I've asked, because I've always been curious, you know. Like I said, we've been married 29 years, and so I'll ask her, you know, oh, is that guy good looking? And she's like, no. My girlfriend will tell me that I'm not into you because of your looks, and it actually pisses me off when I hear stuff like that. Yeah. She said that to me, and I'm like, what? What does that mean? I'm like, so you're not attracted to me physically? Like, you were just into, like, how we correspond to each other and how we communicate like women are oh, a lot less visual than men are that's, I know that's, that's weird. a proven thing though like but they, there's got to be something to is 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 as much as crosby can sit here and say well i can party and i can talk and i'm funny there still has to be some type of physical attraction for the course. girl to be like oh he's cute or he's good looking well it depends you, what you're looking for are you looking for like a one-night stand or you're looking for a relationship because I, I you can you can fly pretty far on just whatever you know the, the but, game i call it but yeah and I would say your wife is not with you for 29 years because of how you look. Because you could look great and be a dick and no one's hanging out with you for 29 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it has to be, there has to be more than that. I think that. it's the list of the priorities with women though, right? Because with men, looks is right up there damn near number one, if not number one. You know, guys care about looks a lot. And then, you know, all, all those other things kind of fall under it. Where women, that the looks part of it ranks somewhere down lower you know whether it's five or six or ten but there's there's ten other attributes that they think are more important one you know they most women like guys that are funny they like a good sense of humor in a guy they like to laugh and that's important to a lot of them safety and security which we don't think about much because we're men it's not something that we think a lot about um but women it's a it's it's a proven thing that women care about safety and security even if they don't know it they want to be around men that make them feel safe you got to provide and so and you so have a skill th- those set. things are those things all start to rank pretty high. You know, most and, women want somebody that can kill their food and cook it and put it on the freaking table, make a fire, throw a deer steak on. They it. used what, to. No, that's what they want. They used to. That's what now, a now woman they like. Wants. Now they like boys in skinny jeans. No, no, that's and, the thing is that you don't. That's the problem. You, there's still real men out there. Well, 
there's still real men out there that can go and freaking hone their skill set and put food on the table, whether it's a gardening or whether it's working a construction job and being able to afford it. Providing is a huge thing to that sense of security and that, that emotional part of the brain that gets turned on. There's, well, there's, there's something to be said about a man who can create, who can create a space for family to be successful in, you know, or, or for a, for a, for a woman. For, that too. Oh, uh, no, definitely. Absolutely. But I'm saying uh, that, you're not the woman's not fighting against you to to get it done you're you're a participant in it you're you're creating things that help their lives be enriched and give them a space to be who they are you know you're you're building that castle and the walls around it so that she can be the woman she needs to be so that the kids can be the kids that they want to be and um you're i think that's my job as a father and a husband is to create a world where my family can be successful and that means i've got to fight off the wolves and the bears and I've got to I've got to provide and I've got to do the things I need to do to make sure their world runs right. I agree. I think that that I mean there's a whole talk about there's studies of all that. It's way above my pay grade, but I don't think that you it's need It's not to, above your pay grade. You're a dad. No, no, no. I'm talking about what goes into the psychology of what women look for and how oh, they have yeah. that sense of acceptance and that sense of comfort and that sense of security and what turns them on. And you all, you, you got to take that into consideration because I'm not going to be the guy that's going to get all jacked up all the time. Like I want to look good hundred percent, but I want to move good. I want to freaking be able to go in and do things that, that, you know, whether it's a personal record or whether it's just something that makes me feel good about myself. Health is, is very important to me. So speaking of health last night, we're going to end this talk on last night's experience. Walker Bueller gave us a pretty good experience last night. Thank you, Walker. Thank you to Miss Bueller. That was a great time, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was fun. You enjoyed the food? The food steak. was great. Company was great. Basketball was Clint's great. Clint's Old Fashions. Fun. Old Fashions were all on Did point. you guys get in the pool? No, wait. No. I didn't. It was oh, too I cold. Did. Oh, I did. Oh, was it not cold at all? It was so awesome. It was a little chilly, though. That it little was, cold yeah. plunge was pretty cold. I, I felt that thing. That was 40-degree cold was plunge cold. is hard. That's hard okay, to so, so I know you're dying to tell your story about how the basketball game went. No, I don't care. I just, I just know, like, down deep in my heart that because I'm a baseball player, I'm an amazing specimen and athlete all the way around. But, but you don't know how to skate. I could skate. Give me one week, and I'm flying. I'm, I'm Ice skate, hockey skates. All that. One week? You know how many 12-year-olds can skate? You always act like skating's hard. Go to the freaking roller. Go, yeah. go to the, <laughs> the Aces baseball stadium. Go to the, the ice rink during Christmas. It, it, takes, it, takes, it takes four years to learn how to skate. At a, 100%. At a, at a, it takes at 20 a years to learn how to hit level. a baseball. No. And you still freaking only do it three out of ten times, and you're considered yeah. an All-American. This is true. We were yeah. talking about that yesterday. Yeah. When you, we're when not going to get into that baseball. argument. But I, th I did have fun last night competing. I liked that little competitive deal, well, even though we weren't, like, in a full-blown game. It was just fun little to get out there and burn some calories. And, uh, yeah, and Walker, showed us a a cool, Walker showed us a cool game that he plays with his family. And yeah, it was neat. It, it, it was, was a really was a cool game family game. That game was fun. It was fun because the team switched all the time right there was never any set teams you just had you to get tried to get on a lot people. of teams you were hey, so I was pissed draining. off you know he I was got... so mad he wasn't getting up no, on the scoreboard and you know i got you know i got a shot 
I mean, oh, I'm not saying you. I mean, you never shot threes. You stayed right on that two point line. You never did. You never did. (laughs) That's nonsense. Oh, Rhino, I think your best was nine. My best was 48. Yours was nine. Oh, yeah. See? Hockey players. I can skate. Yeah, well, you sure in the hell can't win. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here. This life ain't for everybody. Thank you, Walker Bueller. Thank you, Cody Canning, Chris Alexander, the entire Whiskey Myers crew, Jerry Reynolds, Mr. Rodney Turland at Harris and Caesars. Thank you very much to the Carano family, Tony Marini, everybody for taking care of us. This episode, again, brought to you by the one and only Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. Jack Daniels, I'm looking at a bottle of old number seven right now. Every single drop of Jack Daniels is made in one place and one place only. Lynchburg, Tennessee, 120 barrel houses. There's something about this brand that is iconic, that is going to be ingrained in our culture. It's the number one tattooed brand in the history of the world with Harley Davidson being number two. Jack Daniels looks out for us. Again, enjoy it responsibly. Do not allow underage drinking. But if you're looking for a nice highball or an old-fashioned, look no further than the single barrel, the Gentleman Jack, the old number seven, the flavors like Tennessee Fire, Tennessee Apple, Tennessee Honey, the Sinatra, the Gold, the new flavors like Triple Mash, or the bonded and the new maple, the new rise, the new oak maple, or the new oak rye, the new maple rye that Lexi and Josh Phillips, the married couple in Lynchburg, Tennessee, came out with. Unbelievable. Thank you to Chris Fletcher, the master distiller, for taking this brand to another level and continue to innovate when it comes to fine aged whiskey. Tennessee sour mash whiskey, the charcoal melting process is what sets it apart. It's not a Kentucky bourbon, but. It would be a bourbon if it was not for that charcoal mellowing. Jack Daniels, thank you very much. This life ain't for everybody. John Kerry, Ryan Bringle, Alex Crosby. Let's get down do 20 right now. Stay in shape. Stay healthy. Stay positive out there. Take care of your friends and family. Be safe. This life ain't for everybody. Yeah.